everybody and welcome back to the grayscale gorilla podcast uh what do we do here at the podcast you know a lot of people don't know we have a podcast and here's here's our goal man we have so many tutorials up we have so many videos over the last how many now almost nine years trying to help with the software with the design side of things but man there's always so much more to talk about when it comes to uh doing this stuff for a living if you want to become a motion designer or if you already are and you're trying to get further in your career learn some of these things that uh professionals do to help you know get more work done to help do your best work learn about freelancing learn about how to price your work that's the kind of stuff we're talking about here on the podcast and as always uh we have here with us chris schmidt how are you sir hi everybody happy cyber monday happy cyber monday that's right and chad ashley how are you i'm doing well doing well any good deals Did you guys get any good deals on the on these sales here the last uh, few days uh get your christmas shopping I, I, did, done? I, I did i have not done any christmas shopping but i was we were talking before the show uh google play movies had like half off movie purchases so i bought i bought logan and i won't start that conversation again because we all love that movie and we could talk about it for hours but i bought that and uh, the other cyber monday thing that i thought was interesting i've been using a lot of substance lately and i think uh Al algorithmic has a pretty good sale going on oh, nice. and i uh I, I bought my 3D printer over the weekend. I'm not going to get it for a while, not until like January. But And they didn't have a good deal. They weren't going to have any good deals, but it came with a free T-shirt on a Black Ooh. Friday slash Cyber Monday. So I was like, I'll take it. What's the free <laughs> T-shirt say? Is it is it 3D printed, the shirt? It's like no, I, well, I don't know. I just saw. I just watched a video that people could print their printer directly on the T-shirt with just one layer of plastic, and it washed and still looked good. So that's something I might have to explore. But it's just a T-shirt of like one of the – kind of the guy who – modernized or made it so that people had printers in their homes. It's kind of like a little silhouette of his head. It says, so. uh, I bought an expensive 3D printer and all I got was a t-shirt. <laughs> Pretty much. Could you 3D <laughs> print a screen press that you could then print on the shirt? I don't know how to screen press, so I don't know. Oh, that's a good idea. Like how can, yeah, could you build like a screen or print on a screen? Or maybe you could print on a screen? Maybe. You gotta look into this. I think you just print right out the t-shirt. You skip the screen printing entirely. <laughs> you just lay the t-shirt down. Yeah, I watched the video. Somebody did it. One layer oh, of plastic. There you go. Oh, and you have then just don't put it in the dryer. It'll melt. Well, hey, and while we're talking about the uh, the the cyber the what do they call it the Cyber Mondays Cyber the Monday. deals when are they gonna change that name? Man, Cyber is like such an old weird name. You call it like Internet? I don't know. We need to come up with it. It needs a rebrand. Yeah. Well, you Black know? Friday also sounds really kind of like scary like Ooh. oh no black friday like some like i just think of like the black plague or something yeah we need to yeah. rebrand listen we're creative we could uh, here's hey if you guys have some ideas for what to call black friday and cyber monday because let's we'll just call it a whole weekend it's a it's a whole weekend of deals and anymore it starts on like tuesday it's like a, it's a whole week dude uh, so we yeah, also, they don't no, need to rebrand it when I was looking up stuff, apparently there's something called like Blue Friday, which is the fl the Friday before Black Friday, where there's like special <laughs> sales there. It's like it's just never ending. It's just you know stuff as usual. So I don't care. I don't care about rebrand. They can have Black Friday. Well, so many of you were asking, "Hey, Grayscale Gorilla," and I said, "Hey, uh, uh, friend. Hey, um, Twitter, Twitter friend, Cyber friend. Hey, Cyber friend, hey, Cyber buddy." Uh, I said, "What's up?" And they go, are you guys doing some sort of, you know, sale here? Everyone's got their credit cards out. They're looking for deals. They're buying half off movies. They're buying, there's some other software, uh, you know, uh, places around the internet, having deals, all this stuff. And they go, well, you guys doing anything? And you know what? I was a little quiet. I was a little quiet. And that's because we're having ours um, early December. It's, uh, it's not technically announced yet but what i and and chad also uh had a, had a good thought about this why not tell our our best audience right here right here on the podcast that we're gonna have a sale so if you have your credit card out you have your boss's credit card out uh you know leave a little bit on there you know like leave, what, what do they call that your balance you know leave a little credit balance on there because early december we, we have our big end of year sale and uh all i'll say is we're gonna announce it next week going to have all the details out um but i just wanted to give you guys a heads up because i know you know it's the end of the year you guys have budgets um 
and and a lot of you we know uh, need to need to ask somebody to get the the right card and get approvals and all that stuff. So if that's a part of your um, process, you know, get the gears in motion because we're going to have a big sale early December. We'll announce it, have all the details next week, uh, probably right here on the podcast. We'll talk about it, but we'll also have a blog post, email, all that stuff. So if you've been looking at our our tools and our gear, definitely um, keep an eye out for that as well. Um, I should say. Uh, that that sale will not include X particles. Instead, what we're doing is an entire month of a deal with X particles, and it's an offer which uh, ends uh, early uh, December as well. So, uh, I'll, one more quick sentence, and I'll stop with the with the ads here. Um, if you are looking at getting X particles, now's a good time to do it. Um, you get uh, 4.0 for free when it comes out. It's also cheaper than if you wait uh, till. Uh, after 4.0 comes out. If you buy it now, it's going to be not only less expensive, but you're going to get 3.5 today and then 4.0 when it comes out in December. So anyway, we have all the details on our site about that. Just a reminder because we get emails all the time, the day after something, the day after a sale, and uh, especially with these X particle sales and deals that we're having, we can't, you know, we can't uh, give the offer after it's over. So just a heads up. Um, and uh, so, but what are we what are we talking about today? We we, we got the uh, we got the deals going. We got the we got we got our uh, expert minds of our audience looking for a new name for Cyber Monday. Um, but today, you know, we were thinking about uh, a topic. We're always looking for new topics here and trying to help the motion designer get further in their career and talk about some of these things that you don't you know necessarily learn about in school. You don't necessarily learn about. Um, through a YouTube video. And uh, so maybe, um, I don't know, Chad, do you want to kind of set this one up and talk about some of the ideas that you were having? And then we can start talking about uh, trying to help some people today. I'm sure. feeling helpful. Helpful. You know All right. I mean? All right. Cool. I'm down. Um, yeah. So, you know, thinking about podcasts over the weekend, thinking about our podcast, thinking about topics and uh, thinking about the word freelancer uh, a lot and what does that mean you know you see there's books about it there's people talking about it a lot of freelancers out there a lot of people hiring freelancers and I just I just think the word has changed so much and the idea of of being a freelancer has changed so much and the the just the whole thing I think is worth discussing. Like when, when should you think about becoming a freelancer? Should you become a freelancer? Should you leave freelance and become a staff uh, designer, staff animator, whatever. Uh, and then, you know, just the, how the word itself, like if you, if you look at the definition and I think I actually brought it up on uh, where did I have it? It's like, if you look at the definition, it just says, Freelance working for different companies at different times rather than being permanently employed by one company. That's pretty broad. That's super broad. It's pretty broad, right? And I think it I think that's definitely, you know, it's true. A lot of people fall into this category, but there's also this other thing that I think is happening where you have artists doing complete projects client direct, meaning that they're working directly for a company or an agency or someone like that doing the entire project themselves. And is that still freelance? Because it's not, it's not really that category. You're actually doing all of the work. You're, you're producing the piece. So yeah, you're working for a different, that's a company that you're working for. But if you have your own studio and you're doing work uh, as a complete, you know, maybe you're a one-person shop or a few people brought on uh, to to handle a larger project. I kind of consider that to be a studio, not really freelance. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, it's almost like we have to define it all first. Yeah, <clears throat> before we can even talk about it. But yeah, my experience there's, you know, working full time, which is pretty straightforward. You're at a place. They bought your computer. They bought your desk. They provide the coffee. You're sitting there. And, and, and then there's, then it gets loosey goosey after that. You could be a freelancer where you work at the studio where they bring you in. And, and that's more of like a short-term hire kind of thing. It's almost, uh, it, that, so, so that doesn't even necessarily seem like a freelancer, but that's what they called it where you come work directly at the, at the shop for 
a week or two or sometimes longer. Then there's the like work at home freelancer where you're, where it's now up to you to provide all the software and hardware and, and, you know, you got to make your own coffee at that point. And, uh, you know, so what do you call that? Well, that's kind of a freelancer. And then, like you said too, um, what if you get an entire bid all yourself? Are you still a freelancer? Are you, um, a like a one person studio at that? So I, I guess in a way I thought I would start to define some of this, but I just repeated what Chad said <laughs> and, uh, which is usually the case. No, well, I mean, it, it's just like, I, I, it's hard to, cause people, I think it's hard to like people ask, you know, should I go freelance or what do you think, you know, where, where, what should happen? And I think we all know people at different levels in different areas, you know, full-time at studios, building up a career as a designer, animator, motion designer, art director, whatever. And then you've got freelancers that go to studio. We all know these people. Like they, they're all our friends. We, we hang out with them. We, we drink with them. Um, but I think what's interesting to me is how the term is changing and how I think, uh, and I think other podcasts and, and people have touched on this, but I think the way that we talk about freelance needs to change in that you can't necessarily put, you can't necessarily lump someone who's going after their own gigs from home in the same category as somebody that shows up for a two month booking at XYZ studio. Cause it's a completely different set of rules, a completely different person. Like the person that shows up to do freelance at the studio doesn't have to buy software. They don't have to uh, buy their own coffee. Like you said. Um, so that is a different type of freelance than the freelance where I'm going to lunch with clients and taking on all the software costs and having to draw up contracts and like all that stuff. Like, cause to me, that's a business at that point. You're not a freelancer. You're a small studio owner. Right. Yeah, well, yeah we know, we know stories of some of our um, friends that, that probably would have called themselves freelancers for a while and then realized one day they're like, wait, we're, we're just a studio. Mm -hmm. We're like, we're, we're, I, we're, I should say, we're not just freelancers. We're an entire studio. We're doing this front to back. We're dealing with the client relationships. And so, I mean, I, I guess other than, other than just define what these terms are, you know, maybe what we, what we try to discuss is what we've seen be successful and, and maybe help, um, maybe help guide somebody that's on the edge or thinking about, uh, hey, what, why don't I go off on my own and, and, and do this on my own? Some of the pros and cons with that. Because many people ask, like, should I go work full time? Should I freelance? And, and at the risk of saying something concrete, I'll just, I'll give you my, uh, I'll give you my uh, quick opinion. Um, if, if you're debating early on in your career, if you, if, if you should go freelance or go work uh, somewhere full time, my, my leaning is always towards going to the full-time gig first because you're going to learn so much there from other people, how pro projects are bid, how, you know, clients are managed, how to work with other people in general. Uh, there's just so much you can learn uh, by going in and working at a team that's done this before where that then if you do go freelance or decide to start your own thing, you, you can actually use that as, a, as an education. Um, and I'll speak for myself at this point. I tried to go freelance right from college. I had connections. I, I knew people that worked at some of the studios and got hired right away and was lost, just completely lost. I had no clue how to uh, charge. I had no clue what holds were. I, I didn't know. I had to like ask. I remember asking the producer that was calling me like, uh, yeah, I'll, you, okay, I'll, I'll go on hold. Quick question. What, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're okay. So like I was totally unprepared. And so, and, and all I really want to do is play. All I want, like my goal, and maybe that's an angle we could take on this discussion. My angle was not talking to clients. My angle was not getting the, the jobs or the work. And in a way, all I wanted to do is play in After Effects more. And, and so for me, the environment that made the most sense was going and working full time because they dealt with all that stuff. All they did was bring more after effects stuff more cool things to make an after effects in front of me and i get to go cool that's what i'll do all day um so maybe there's an angle there like think about what you want to do all day 
and and then there's also your career goals and those types of things but yeah that's huge like just knowing what you want out of everything i think is really how you should frame it because it, it i think that there's a little bit of um a decision you have to make when you're starting out and even if you you know, kind of been freelancing for a while. I know people that have freelanced for a long time and then just decide like, I want to settle down and like start a studio gig because once you freelance for a while, you kind of have a choice. You either have built up a, enough clientele where maybe you want to turn it into a little studio and, and pursue that. And I know people that have done that and been successful. I know people that have started to kind of look at that path and say, you know what, that's not really for me. I'm going to try to find a studio where I can just plant some roots and like, and, and grow that. And it, it really, it comes down to what you want to get out of it and what, what at the end of your, and people, you know, should start to think about, I know it's hard to think about like what's going to be going on in my life when I'm in my forties or my fifties, but that's definitely something that everybody should be thinking about because it'll inform the decisions that you are making now. Uh, if you, for instance, I, I had a freelance friend who thought like, you know, freelance is great. And I'm talking about like studio freelance, like going in, getting booked, sitting in somebody else's studio. They were like, this is great. I'm making great money. This is awesome. And I was having a conversation with them and I was like, well, that's great. But like, do you see yourself doing this? Like, even when you're like, I'm, I'm, I was full-time at the studio. This person was freelancing in and I was creative directing them. And I was saying, you know, we, we were good friends. And I said, well, that's cool, man. I, you're making great money and it, it's, it's, it's working for you right now. But like when you're in your 40s or late 40s, maybe even your 50s, do you want to be sitting in that chair taking direction from the creative director who will probably be at that point 10, 10 years younger than you? Is that what you want? Because that's, if that's what you want, cool, man. Like keep, keep doing what you're doing. And he looked at me and he's like, I've never thought about that before. I, and and I could tell it like it like clicked something in his eyes like he was kind of like oh sh-, you know like I never thought about that and cut to I think like three years or four years later he started his own little studio so I think that you kind of reach this point where you kind of hit this fork in the road if you're if you're that freelancer and you kind of realize okay cool I'm either going to build something of my own or I'm going to just like settle in to a full-time gig. Um, so it's, it's an interesting path. And I never had to take that path because I was always full-time at a studio. When I got into the business, you couldn't do what I did outside of a studio. So I think technology also plays a huge part in this. And, and technology, I think, is a huge reason why people have the enormous amount of choices that they, they didn't have before. You can't. You couldn't work remotely. You couldn't have your own render farm. You know, th- these are things that are new. So that's why I think you're seeing this kind of murkiness happening. Where are you a studio or are you a freelancer? Like what? How- I, I have a question, and I don't even know how to define it. But as an industry, a lot of people. There, there's there seems to be this really murky line in this conversation about where does being a freelancer stop and when does essentially being a business that takes on clients begin? Because it seems like if you're a freelancer and you're going from studio to studio to studio, okay, you're clearly a freelancer and you're doing work for these little studios and you're a small cog in a bigger machine. But if you're a freelancer and you have a whole bunch of independent clients, then it almost seems like by definition, you're not a freelancer anymore. And presumably a lot of people have a mix of the two. They're doing some studio work, but they have a handful of clients that they deal with. But once you're dealing with a handful of clients, if you're still sort of doing your day rate and you have, uh, and, and you sort of have a freelancer mentality as an industry, what does that mean? And I don't know a lot of the stuff, but just as a general rule, a freelancer is going to charge very little as compared to a studio bidding out a project. And I, uh, typically, you're not going to get some giant company going to a random freelancer and saying, hey, do this thing for me. So so I, the big work, I presume, still goes to a studio. But is is a freelancer with a freelance mentality getting a decent-sized client and then 
you know, and even there, they're like, oh, I'm going to bump my rate up a little bit. I'm making really good money as compared to what I usually do. But is there damage to like the industry as a whole or is it devaluing it? Or are we just like you said, we've almost democratized all of the technology. Everybody's got this in their houses. Everybody can do this independently. So is there just a glut and just a giant wave of freelancers? And there's only ever going to be more and more and more of them. And there's going to be younger and younger people who can afford better and better tech that everybody's competing with, including the big companies. And I'm, I don't know, maybe from your guys' point of view, but in my eyes, a lot of big studios have kind of like shrunk in the last couple of years. They're in this big move to freelancing also included all these big giant companies like getting rid of their motion graphics department, shrinking down a little bit. So it's translated, you know, a big flood of people from one direction to another. But what does this mean as an industry? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're really hitting on um a lot of discussion that's been happening around our industry for the last 10 5 10 years that's all happening right now and we've talked about some of it here on the podcast about you know like you said studios are shrinking uh more more companies are building their own internal studios uh we've we've talked a whole podcast about that angle of things and and then everything else you said too, Chris. The, the you know the the wobbliness of what is freelance and what is a client, uh, what what's real client work. And like Chad said too, you used to have to go to the big place because they had the flames and they had the render form and they had the client services and they had the steak dinners and that that's what just where you went. And as uh, as what you said, Chris, the technology becomes available to us for you know, a few grand, we have a computer and software to do a lot of what was able to do, uh, te uh, technically able to do it at a bigger studio on a desktop. Where, where does all this stuff fall? I mean, you, everything you mentioned is the question and, 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 and we're living through it right now. And I think that's why this topic on the podcast keeps coming up. Uh, you know, this reminds me of the, you know, um, you know, the how the we had a whole podcast about the the age as you get older into this industry and where you want to end up and all that. I think those questions become more and more powerful as our industry changes um, because there are more people doing this because there are more people that are allowed to do it and, and have the technology to do it. If you look at the revolution that happened with digital photography the ability for anybody to to now afford and pick up one of these cameras that technically can make the same type of image that professional photographers have been making um so now the only difference is is your actual talent and your skill and your relationship with clients right. and all those other things and that and that um and and honestly that's why when when anybody comes to me at any part of their career and has a question about it the answer for them is rarely well you just need to learn this new piece of software or you just need to like you know like houdini is going to save your career or whatever it is it's almost never the answer the answer is our is almost always some of the things that you're bringing up chris where do you want to exist in this industry and what are the skills you can learn to position yourself to be there is it learning how to talk better with clients is it learning how to manage a team is it you know is it learning uh and if it is software you, learning it better than anybody else out there so that you are hired to do it so uh as always there, it's, it's a big topic to to try to wrangle in but i think it started what would you what would you tell somebody maybe that's a way that we could do that what would you tell somebody that 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 at different parts of their career should i go start my own thing should i be freelance or should i work somewhere uh, man that's a big question um or what questions would you ask ask them i back would i i, I would say what do you what do you want out of a, your career like what would bring you happiness is it money is it creative control is it ownership is it flexibility like what is it that's going to drive your happiness and you can't really even answer that at 20 something you know everybody's everybody's um everybody shifts around as they get older their their priorities change but um i think that 
you got to be able to ask yourself those questions pretty early and continuously ask yourself those questions and then just correct, course correct as you go and realign yourself uh, with whatever it is that, that the goal is at that time. I think when you're starting out, the goal is like, I want to get as much experience and, and good stuff on my reel as I possibly can. Uh, then as you get more into your mid twenties, it might focus towards, I want to make a lot of money. Uh, then maybe who knows, maybe you start, going down the family route and you want more predictable hours, better life balance. And so these things change over, over time and you just have to continuously be aware of that. But getting back to the um, subject that you brought up early on, I just wanted to kind of give you my opinion as to kind of another reason why we're in this is not just because the technology I think has become more affordable and more uh, accessible. I think it's also because the world uh, businesses of the world are in need of more content now than they ever have in the history of mankind. So what do I mean by that? Well, it used to be the only place you could deliver motion content was television or, uh, well, that was the predominant, that was the dominant uh, place that you were served um, motion uh, in a way to sell you something, commercials and whatnot. And then the internet happened. And then um, I would say experiential happened. And now everybody needs content for their social platforms, for their website, for online ad buys. Uh, TV is just a small part of that whole thing. So when the need for content grows exponentially, but the budgets don't follow, you're gonna see a lot of things happen. You're gonna see studios that just can't, they can't survive off of the smaller budgets. The bigger budgets aren't there because the, the, the spend is not $300,000 for a commercial. Now it's like $30,000 for a pre-roll thing or whatever it is. So that coupled with the fact it just kind of happened to be that that happened around the same time that technology got pretty cheap and affordable and accessible. So that kind of worked out where a lot of content needs to be made uh, for different companies. And it just so happens that it's a lot cheaper now to produce this content because of technology. So it kind of worked out that way. Um, You're but, saying like the, the, the supply, it's like the supply went up as far as like more people could do this, but also the demand went up too. So we're kind of yeah. like, it, it, it kind of saved it where yeah. now everybody needs a, a Facebook feed full of like moving images and, you know, uh, no matter what industry you're in, you need all these little videos. And now uh, it's all a little splintered, the pricing's lower, but, and I guess that's really what we're trying to figure out. Like it is a whole new world and new clients and new projects that people are getting. And what does that what does that mean for your career out there? Like, where, right. where do you go? It's a it's a lot. There's a lot more opportunity, but it's never been foggier and harder to navigate than it is right now. Uh, it used to be really cut and dry when we were starting off. It was like you either were full time at a studio or you were a freelance that came into the studio. That's kind of those were your choices. Um, there wasn't direct to client wasn't even really a thing, but now it is because everybody wants content for all of their different media outlets. Every company wants to put video up on their Facebook page or up on their website, or every company has to have video on their Instagram or what, you know, it's like everybody has to have video, everybody. And when that happens, you get, you know, when you're at a studio, you can't you can't support a staff of 50 plus people on budgets for pre-roll videos you can't do that like there's no you can't sustain that which is why you've seen studios shrink or go away but you can do that if you're a single studio entrepreneur type person working out of your house that's totally doable and so that's why you're seeing this kind of change this like uh, you're seeing a lot of people kind of even uh, people like Christo and whatnot have touched on this. And, and even, I think even sometimes uh, his arguments are, I, I agree with, and then some I don't, but 
I think the industry is just in such a state of flux and we're still seeing the water moving that things haven't really settled down to the point where you can really adequately give someone that type of advice that we started this conversation about like where do i go yeah you can't it's almost like you can't give the the best advice because it's an unstable world you don't know it's like a time travel situation you don't know where you're going to show up in 10 years because we don't know what that looks like and well, yeah, where, where we we could have before because it was a little bit slower moving it kind of reminds me of um i forget where i first heard this but the the idea is like our well, like my parents' generation had one job. My generation is going to have like three to five jobs. And my kid's generation is going to have 100 jobs. Um, and that's just how, the, that's the way the technology is moving. That's the way the, the world in general is moving, where you can Uber, you know, be an Uber driver by day and then like sell some Etsy at night and like rent your house out at Airbnb. And like this, this idea that none of us are going to have a one stop answer for our career. And, and that one of the, one of the best things we can do for our career and for our, our future is to, is to tr try to make the best decision we can with the data we have. And, and, and and today today i think what that is 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 honestly i think the an the answer i would give to somebody that's in this predicament is to learn more about the business side of things that would be like my general idea learn more about some of the um skills that are not just the software if you want to live longer in this world because then you can position you could you can change your position you can be hired at different places if you know how to for example talk to a client well or or uh, pitch um, or, or do a bid or pitch a project or even run a team or um, manage a budget for a project or any like hit a deadline really well work with a team well I'm trying to think of some of the other big ones um, if you can if you can bring that through your career you, you can be a little bit more of a chameleon and and kind but of doesn't get into the right places doesn't that kind of suck though because what about I think if I had gone back and told myself that yeah that's I'm not saying that that's bad advice I'm just saying it kind of sucks though for the people that just want to create that's what I was just thinking cool shit like that's that fine just, but, but like that's fine sucks. but there's also reality like there's there's thousands and thousands and thousands of talented musicians that are not known not hired and and making great stuff in their basement because they didn't bring these other things to their career and that's well, just that that's just the truth of it like you just you need to be able to present yourself you even even if you want that job let's just say there's enough jobs out there where you can just get it and stay at it even to get that job you need some other skills other than software you need to bring you need to go meet these people and go to meetups and all these other things that that well yeah I, I mean i agree with that like you it, it's it's almost never that you sit and be really good at the software and then you're magically discovered you have to bring some of these other parts to the mix in order to um in order as far as what i've seen you have to bring some of these other parts uh to the world and be able to explain your work well um i agree with that i just think i i think that we also i i think there's still a place for the artist who doesn't necessarily find much interest in the motion design artists let's 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 be specific here because i think that's important um i i think that there's still a place for them to go if they don't really want to worry about the business side you because you know one door shuts what's that saying a door shuts a, <laughs> a window opens whatever that saying is well the window opening is what we mentioned earlier which is companies are hiring motion designers full-time we're seeing a huge influx of motion designers being hired at big big corporations, small companies. They need somebody full-time staff to create content. So that is a good avenue for people that don't necessarily want to learn or um, become the salesman, the producer, all of the things, wear all the hats. I think that's a hats. false narrative. I don't think that's right. 
I don't see, I haven't seen that pan out. The people that get hired, the, the ones that uh, freelance um, and are successful at it, the ones that freelance in a studio and are successful at it, the, the people that get hired the most are, are not the ones that are technically uh, the best. They're, they're the ones that play in this other world. It's, it's like, it's like saying, Hey, I don't, I, it's like saying, I want to be a football player, but I don't know what all, like why we have to hit the gym. Like, why are we in the gym all the time? I just wanted to play football. And, and, and at, at a certain point you're like, well, this is a part of it. Like you have to, you have to have the muscles and the strength and the stamina to do this. And, and you, I don't think you can have one without the other. I think it's really rare. I, I, I will counterpoint that i hired i had a lot of guys on my team that have no had no interest in sitting in client meetings or trying to uh go out to lunch with potential clients like that's just not what they want to do and they are very successful in fact a lot of them work at very respectable studios now and are are doing great uh so, so for that personality what would you and I'm not disagreeing. I think that's that's good to have and that and you've had way more experience with hiring. But for that group of people, what would you in this new world, what would you tell them to do? Well, if they specifically said or have expressed that that's just not for them, like they don't want to do the salesy thing and like go to lunches and all that sort of thing, then I would say, like, okay, great. Then get really freaking good at what it is that you do want to do and make sure everybody knows it. And um, so I, I think we're on the same page when it comes to uh, your ability to get out of the basement. I agree with you on that, that you have to be able to show your own work and sell yourself and explain your work. And that's totally, yes, absolutely like, all day. Where did you find them? Did you go search them or did, you, did, they, did they show up on your radar or do you remember? Some of them showed up on my radar. Some of them were freelancers. Some of them were interns. Uh, it it was it was never the same way twice. Well, you know it was, but like it was always a different story when you find people like that. And it it I think that it was funny. I think we've actually touched on this. Like studios that I've worked at, they they have a very uh, some of them have a very clear idea of what the ladder looks like and they try to apply that ladder to everybody. And I think that's wrong. I think everybody has their own ladder. Everybody has their own way of, of achieving what they would call success. Uh, I think a good manager is able to look at that person and how they fit into the organization and help them create their own ladder for success. It doesn't necessarily mean that everybody has to achieve the exact same goal uh, at that company, but that's a totally other podcast. But I think that um, a good manager figures out how the person fits into the organization, where they can make the most impact and gives them the tools to do that. Chris, I'm interested in your, um, in your, what uh, here's the question what would your what what was the idea of your path um before we met before you know you were such a big part of um grayscale gorilla and all this stuff you were working um at you were full-time did you have thoughts about what five years looked like or 10 years looked like or was that on your radar at all what what, what was going through your head at that point oh uh, that's a good question I mean, you know, that was uh, at a certain point, I think, and I think this is going to be true for a lot of people is I was young enough where I didn't think I had to think about that too much. Like it was a, it was a solid company. Like it, it like the, I, what's actually kind of interesting there is like, I was essentially like the in-house motion graphics person. So I was the, a one man little mini shop inside of a bigger company. Uh, and I had a lot of autonomy and even along the lines of what Chad was saying, when I had a manager and that manager quit. And they, they pretty much said, do we, you, we need to hire a new manager for this department. And everybody in the department said, no, it's fine. And they said, what do you need? They specifically, they went to me and they said, what do you need? And I said, I am completely fine, but I do not want to speak to clients. I want the, I want the clients to speak to the, to the project, you know, the showrunners, and then that person can come to me, but I, I don't want to be the front man talking to the client. And, and I 
you know, I got through five years there, like only having to deal with clients like for a couple hours total. And they, I was pretty amazing. well shielded from that. So that was, <laughs> that was definitely to their credit. But I, I think, I think, like I, I think that's got to be some sort of record. Yeah, it was pretty good. The, uh, but I mean, even there within the company, it's like I had like six or seven bosses, whereas like all the different project managers, and each one was kind of like a little mini client. It was almost like a freelancer inside of the company, but I had to do all the projects. But, uh, but you know, they had a really generous 401k contribution and everything. So it was like, I, you know, it was the kind of place where like a lot of people there have been there for 40 years, for 30 years, for 20 years. So I could have been there for a long time, you know, and I, I kept an eye out for the occasional uh, like freelance uh, gig to add on to the side and whatnot. And honestly, doing Grayscale Gorilla, like, uh, when I worked on CityKit with Nick, like I was working full time at that company, and there was a side project I worked on, and it was like, oh, this is this is I actually enjoy this. This is even more fun. Like I thoroughly enjoyed that, and making tools is just something that appeals to me. So that was a really good direction for me to head. But uh, I, while I was at that company, I wasn't. I guess you know, even there, I was you know, I had my eyes open if there was like cooler, like if there's cool studios in the city that I'd go to, because at that point I had moved to the city proper. So like, oh, is there like a downtown studio? I could be having this really short commute and you know doing some crazier work. But even there, I went to it got to the point where I went on a couple interviews where I met people and I even did like I don't even know what you call it, Chad. You would know, but it's almost like you sit down and you're like, oh, okay, do this practice thing. Like go and animate this thing. We're not going to use it, but go and animate this thing. We want to see how you do. Where I like really impressed them and they're but then it was in the context of I went there and they're like, oh yeah, just come. You know, I was like, I, it's gonna take me a while to get there. I'm gonna have to come after work. And they're like, oh, it's fine. Like, so I get there at like six or six thirty, and then like I'm there and I'm doing like this practice run and we're kind of talking. And like this manager and a whole bunch of his employees are still there, and it's like eight o'clock at night. And I'm like, I don't want to be here at eight o'clock at night. Like everybody else is still here. Like, and the fact that he's like, oh yeah, don't worry, we'll still be here. It's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm looking for. So like well, I that's, that's regular, man. Like those days, yeah, dude. Like nobody left the studio before seven o'clock, right? Like, ever. <laughs> well, if I, you I, did, somebody would be like, "Oh, leaving early," you know, like saying some comment. Yeah. So even along those lines, though, Chad. I mean, all of your comments about like looking for stability and whatnot. Like you know, studios can be very unstable themselves, even like in the best of times. So that's a that's a it's a rough world in general and finding something where you can be clocking in nine to five. If that's something that's appealing to you and you find it, you might want to hold tight to that thing because that's mm -hmm. rare. Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. What I'm what I'm uh, imagining is, you know, the good, fast, cheap uh, triangle pick yes. two. I, I feel like there's there's something here where there's there's a, there we, we could build a similar analogy with like. Okay, creative control, stable hours, and good work. You know, good work. Or yeah, there's something there where it's almost like you can't you can't get all three. Yeah, you gotta if, pick if, two. If we had to, if we were gonna say all three, it would be like killer work, um, life balance, money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, money. Pick That's two. Pick two. Does that work? No, that that might work out. We might have to draw that out. But there, there, I think there's an opportunity to look at any of these decisions as as one of those types of decisions, and and not as a right or wrong decision. Because at certain, like you said, at certain points of your career, like for me, I I was willing to to get less money and work full time just to be around other creative people and to just play with After Effects and Cinema 4D. And that was my, my personality was, was exactly that. I just wanted to learn and play and be around other people and do that. There were other people that um, were more interested in the, in the money side and had a little bit more, you know, had a little bit more, uh, they were a little bit more savvy with clients and all that kind of stuff. And so they went freelance. And so that, that like with all these decisions, that's of course the, the game you have to play is, is learn more about yourself first of all how do you like to work how do you like to be in this world then look at other people and and in particular maybe people five ten years ahead of you in their career and look at them and try to find you you ever you ever bump into somebody at a restaurant and you're like man that's like me in 10 years i see it 
I would find that person, find you in 10 years in, in this world and, and then ask those questions. Like Chris was saying, like, do you want to be there at 10 o'clock? And Chad said something similar. Um, you know, then do you kill them and take their identity? <laughs> well, then you find out that they're time travelers. Oh um, yeah. Well, but, but Chad said, uh, you know, that he, um, he didn't, uh, what was it? The client stuff. He, uh, I forget the exact quote, but start asking these like, you know, good, fast, cheap questions. This really, I'm putting it to paper and this really works. Okay. So what do you have? You have money, good work, good work, life balance. Okay. So let's pick two. And if you do good work and for good money, you're going to have bad life balance. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. If you have good life balance for good money, it's going to be bad work. Yep. So far, it's panning out really well. I know. So, yeah, okay. I'm thinking we, we are around to something. Okay, now, now what's, what are the two I'm missing? Well, you could say... Um, it, it, like, Only missing you're, one more. You're to say money, and, and if you have money and good life balance, you probably don't... You, know, you may not have good work. Um, yep. If you have good work and good life balance, it's probably not making very much money. <sighs> good work, yep. Yes, it, this works. I mean, in my experience, it works. Yeah, so far, it's like kind of eerily yeah. well not o not only does it work but I, I think there's probably a lot of people in this or it's even tough to get in the circumstance where you can achieve two of those like right. I, I can see people only having one of those ticks mm. yeah good point good point it's hard to get it's hard yeah, to get if you one. Have one if you just have one tick that's you that's, should be looking for something you should better. be looking if for you something have two then everything then else is a unicorn yeah you're you're doing all right if you get all three then don't move <laughs> If you get all three, give us a call when you want to talk. Just uh, yeah. literally never leave your desk. <laughs> well, yeah, if you have all three, don't touch anything. You might, be, <laughs> you, might be, you might be in another dimension. You might ruin the whole thing. Exactly. Stay where you are and enjoy. Oh, yeah, there is something there. We got show art, maybe. We got we to gotta make some Venn diagrams here. I feel like this is deserving. I'm, I'm guessing somebody has to have done this already. Well, I, there's a lot of those, you know, there's a lot of those decisions. It's like the the quad, the matrix, um, when you draw like an X and you put two things on the side. It's got some of that as well, where it, it just reminds me again and again that it is that that it is not a one size fits all answer for anything it's it's always dependent and it's what and it's what makes this interesting i think to me because it's because it's creative because we are creative people we get into a creative industry and and, and it's not just the things we put on the screen that's creative it's the life that we live ourselves, the life that we build for ourselves, and where we choose to work and where we choose to live and where we we have what a lot of us have the ability to be lucky enough to choose a lot of things and when we do, um, taking the best advantage of that is um, uh, something that I think I took for granted as a, as a young person, the ability to move and go live in, in, where I wanted. Or, or like you said, Chris, live close to the city. Um, and like Chad, I know you have stories of you had a family, so you couldn't necessarily live close to the city. And so there's all this balance. It's all these little... It's lots of plates spinning yeah, on sticks. Spinning, you're spinning all these plates, and which ones do you drop? Which ones can't you drop? And and reminds me, it reminds me of a, a book I've been reading a lot. It's called uh, The One Thing. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. And it's uh, it's it's been a really interesting book for me because it has a lot of different parts of what I think is important in there. But one of them that I remember is uh, that when you're when you're juggling all this stuff they call it a instead of spinning plates it's a juggling metaphor juggling all these balls we have work and we have family and we have health and we have career and we have money and we have all these things we're juggling around we're trying to balance them all and the the book they basically say there are there are balls in the air that you can let fall and bounce a couple times and those are rubber balls the rubber balls are things like your career and um money and then there are there are balls that you're juggling that that shatter if if they fall. Those are things like health and your family and your relationships that you you can't you can't go too long without you know throwing it back up again and, and touching it, being a part of it. And so that metaphor stuck with me because this balance that we're discussing really is at the heart of so many decisions that we make, not just 
in our career, but just as a creative human in the world that decided to go do this weird thing for a living and that doesn't have any straightforward answers. There's no big degree we could go get and then go get the job and then go retire and get the watch and get the pension. pension, No pension plan. Zero. And that's our choice too. That's our choice to come into this world. And, And I think that's why... Um, I think that's why I, I get excited when we talk about these types of things because it's not talked enough about. They don't they don't teach us how to pick the right career in school, right? They they're yeah. like yeah, they, so cool. they don't teach us how to save f- for our retirement and for our old self that has no pension in school. And and these are the these are the parts that allow us to do our most creative work. It, the, it's the reason I I am am glad we talk about this stuff. It's because. It's not because we need to like make a finance podcast. It's because having some of these other parts of your life in a better place allows you to do better work. It allows you to relax. It allows you to uh, make different choices of where you live and who you uh, surround yourself with. And 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 that's the that's the balance, man. It's this this big big unknown. But 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 again, we're we're creative people. We we're drawn to this for a reason. It's because we could do it. I mean, I really do think that. I, uh, and I know I could be too positive sometimes, but I think that people, some many of us are drawn to this type of career because it it's not typical. It's not the norm. It's not what they teach you in school. It's the opposite. Um, and and it's exciting. It's it's it, it, it's exciting for me to talk about it. It's exciting to hear stories and and to the point that we we didn't really answer so many questions today as as much as bring up more like we always do but the reason that this is exciting is because this is the internal dialogue that needs to happen when you make a big decision about where you work where you live and what you're how you're going to interact in this world um so i don't know you know i try to leave one of these podcasts with something big that we could all think about um what did we what are the big themes that we could all go like brainstorm? You know, I know. I, I think that, you know, I think kind of ties back to how we started it with the, with the whole idea of the word freelance and what does that mean and all these things. But I really like how it turned into this, this, uh, the statement, this diagram that will help you evaluate how you're currently balancing your plates or juggling your, your stuff is like, you know do can you tick two of these things or can you only tick one and how do you how can you realign what you've got going on so that you can try to get as close to all three and and still i I really i'm gonna have to check out that book because that's really it's really true i i like that juggling metaphor because i feel like i've done it my entire career and without even having put a, a metaphor to it so yeah i i think that we kind of touched on a lot. We touched on what is freelance in this, in this kind of day and age and what is good life balance and, and how you, when should you reevaluate your, your career? And I think rounding it out with that juggling metaphor is great. I don't really have a question. I think is the question is just to start, start evaluating and, and come up with a, a plan to get yourself as many of these ticked off as possible. the right way to say it (laughs) i would like to say well i like i love the juggling metaphor that's great i I do want to say just one thing we i don't want us to cause any existential crises for anyone keep in mind i like even though you get that like you know these three things pick two these aren't really toggles these aren't check boxes like these are like it's more like a a, like a, a line graph or like the line you know where, you know, you might, you know, maybe you feel like you're 65% of your potential in this one and you're 55 in this one, but you're, you know, 85 of this one. I don't think like it's an on off state necessarily. It's more like, you know, which, which one of these is lacking or which one, you know, right. are you yeah, really solidly it, in? Yeah. Cause it's never, you're right. And I think that it, it's like, what a, this, a, it's, a cuter, yeah. it's a cuter bow to put on it. If you can be very um, binary about how it works, but it it you're right it is kind of like it's more of like where am i seeing a deficit and where am i seeing like i'm my work is really good i'm making pretty good money but i'm at the office 
all the time. Am I okay with that? Is that going to be, is that going to mean my life's going to suck in 10 years when I, you know, I, I, my body's deteriorating because I'm at work too much. So you're right. I think it's like finding that equilibrium. Yeah. And well, if, even if, <clears throat> sorry, Chris, go ahead. Oh, I, was, I was just going to say, even to like reassess things from a previous year or a previous time or five years ago, where it's like, oh, I was upset that I was doing a lower quality work several years ago. But if I look at it, it's improved dramatically. And if that keeps going, then I'm going to be in a very good place I'll be happy with. So even seeing a change over time for that is an excellent thing. It doesn't have to just be a snapshot of where you are now. It could be a dramatic improvement or even something going wrong. Just a dramatic change in that is something to be aware of and to you know, just pay attention. Yeah, I think as the year wraps up, I I definitely do that. I look at what I liked from the last couple of years, what I didn't like, and try to try to figure out where I am in that triangle. Because you're right, it's like if you draw it in in a triangle, it's not on one of the lines; it's in the middle somewhere. But you but you have to like even if you're in the absolute middle of that triangle, you you you're just kind of getting a little bit of each. You know, your work's kind of good. Your your work life balance okay, and it's a little bit good money. Like that's also an answer. Many people are in the middle there, but I think it, it. I think the analogy works in a way to say what is most important to you, and what are you willing to, what are you willing to um, pay, and not just money. Is it your time or the type of work that you're doing? What are you willing to give up to get more of these other things? And I think almost every decision has that. Um, mm -hmm. Almost every decision um, in in our career, in our world, in our life, and who we spend time around. And if we, um, you know, I, I was just thinking this morning about how I, one of the biggest, most important things to me was working close to where I live and the fact that I could walk or bike to work. To me, that was a huge part of where I decided to do what I did, where I decided to work and what I decided to do. And I give up a lot because of that. I give, I give up other things to make that one thing that's important to me happen. And in some cases, it was not working at certain places. But it was always a compromise. And so to me, I think, I'll just speak for myself as we wrap up. The thing that always helps me is seeing other people go through this and how they made decisions and really getting to how happy they are with where they are in their career. So anytime somebody five, 10 years um, older than me or wherever I am in my career is willing to share a story about, you know, hey, I thought I wanted to do this and then I did it and then I realized I wasn't happy so I moved and now I'm much more happy in this position, I my ears perk up because because that's that's what's so that's what's so compelling about uh, a few podcasts ago when we tried to give advice to our older self. That's that's the closest we're going to get is when we see somebody that is doing what we might want to be doing, and we can go get real feedback from them. And they say, you know what? I thought owning my own business was going to be awesome, and now I realize I I never get to see my family because I'm working so much. That's really good feedback to get, really good feedback to get, especially if you could project yourself five, 10 years into the future and say, is that where I want to want to be? So, um, yeah, that, that's, I guess that's what I would do is try to find more stories in your industry and ask around and try to find those people that are making already making these, um, uh, decisions and see if you can gain any insight to where you might end up. I don't know if that's, uh, helpful, but it, it was, it was helpful for me to see some of those people. Uh, did we miss anybody, Chris? Did you have any? Uh, oh last, no, I think we got a good. We got a good wrap up there. I'm very happy with this one. Lovely, that was fun. Um, as always, if you're still listening, we appreciate it. Um, uh, please give us a review on iTunes. That helps uh, more people see this, and that's our goal. Like I said at the beginning, um, the goal is to talk more about these kind of things. If you guys have a question, you're bumping into a certain part of this in your career, we'd love to hear it in the comments um, here on uh, on YouTube. If you're watching here, or also. Um, on our blog where we host all these podcasts as well. So we always love to hear from you because that's what we're doing here. We're, we're trying to, um, we're, we're trying to give the, the, the advice and the tools and the, the teaching and every part of, uh, of, of this weird career that we all decided to be a part of and try to, um, exchange as many ideas to try to get as close to a truth as possible. Um, and, uh, to me, 
I, I, I know myself, I always get closer to the truth when there's an honest discussion about what has worked and what hasn't. So that discussion extends to you guys as well. I want to hear from you. Put it in the comments. Um, and uh, as always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you have a friend out there or a coworker that is in the middle of all this stuff and might benefit from some of these um, discussions, please recommend us. Um, we, we, I think we're getting a, a list of our favorite episodes together as well. So look for that soon uh, toward the end of the year. And uh, with that, I'll hope to see you in another Grayscale Gorilla podcast really soon. Thank you guys so much for joining us as well. Chris and Chad, hope you guys have a good one. Happy Monday, everybody.